Um, hello and welcome to another edition of the Culture Hour. My name is Shelley Smith. Uh, my cohort Elizabeth Valise is out and about today doing her thing and, and I'm so honored that we have another wonderful guest that I'm going to introduce here in a minute. But what in the world is the Culture Hour? Well sometimes the Culture Hour is just a culture minute. We don't usually go for a full hour. To those of you who have been watching and following, we so appreciate you. We appreciate your ideas, your tips, your thoughts. So keep the comments and the feedback coming. My name is Shelly Smith. I'm the founder of Premier Report. And so, yeah, I haven't had a lot of coffee today, guys. So, you know, my name is Shelly Smith. I am the founder of Premier Report. And everything about my jam and everything about my obsession happens to do with company culture. So I love working with individuals and like our guest today, Rose, who I'm going to introduce. But for those of you who don't know, you know, check out the latest and greatest white paper that's out there about how to shift the workplace company culture. You can find it on my website and many of the different social media outlets. But let's get started today. My guest, I'm so excited. I've, I've met her through a few chamber events and uh, we further connected on LinkedIn and then met and I learned some amazing things about her. She is a woman to watch. I have quickly fell in love with Rose, and uh, I'm going to introduce and hopefully will not mess up her last name, but Rose, uh, see, I've been saying it right, Mirtai. Did I say it right? <laughs> no. No, see? <laughs> Rose, say your last name for the group. Um, Merditai. Merditai. I, I, like, <laughs> I like left out a whole syllable there. But, <laughs> So Rose is going to tell you a little bit more about herself, but Rose is a manager at Fulton Bank, which is a wonderful bank. If you haven't checked them out, then we're going to give you the contact information. You definitely need to call Rose. But she's also started a nonprofit organization that's called Real Women Collective Action. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So Rose, why don't you tell the group a little bit more about your role at Fulton Bank and then your passion in your nonprofit and any other tidbit you want to tell us in, in the first two or three minutes about yourself? Uh, first, uh, thank you so much, Shelly, for um, bringing me on to your show. And also prior to that, taking the time to meet with me and, um, you know, give me your advice on the different things and, and share your experience, which has helped me as well. Uh, as I'm forming the company. Uh, a little bit about my role at Fulton Bank. I am what they would call a producing manager. So what that means is that I have a production goal. Um, and I also manage a team here at Fulton Bank. My primary responsibility at Fulton Bank is uh, business development. And so this is probably why you've seen me a lot in, um, in the community. You've seen me um, at different events. And uh, the second part of my role is in ensuring that my team also delivers on the client experience and um, the initiatives that Fulton Bank has for us. And I've been fortunate enough to, enough to work for an organization that is um, truly what I believe one of the best organizations I've ever worked for. Um, they believe in their people and it has allowed me to um, a grow as a person and individual and also grow and work with small business owners. So the the second that you know because i'm i'm not bored but you know <laughs> uh, i have a passion for nonprofit and so i started an organization called uh, real women collective action our mission is to develop and strengthen women in leadership positions through education philanthropy and global awareness and 
I'm passionate about it, A, because I'm a woman, I'm a mom, I have a daughter, and I feel like this is a unique time for women in our culture. I love it. Well, I, I think that the viewers are going to find you highly intriguing as I have, which is why you're on the show and definitely a woman to watch. So let's talk about women in leadership. And uh, when you and I had a conversation, you, you talked about some, a, a little bit of the do's and don'ts, more so some of the experiences that you had. So you've got a team that you lead and you need to motivate. What do you think might be some of the differences or the tips that you've seen um, that you could tell the viewers about your leadership style maybe versus some of your other cohorts about you know how you have the seat at the table and how you maneuver those conversations just like anyone else and it's not about being a woman it's just about being a strong leader so talk to us about that from whichever perspective or angle you want to do well um, I've had an opportunity to manage people for over 15 years now I know my girlish young looks so people don't always believe me, which is great. Um, and so one of the biggest things that I would say has been my lesson over the time that I've had um, in just managing people has been figuring out what truly drives people. And yes. I feel that the number one contributor to that has been learning how to help people understand what drives them versus me trying to drive them. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of those uh, where I've made the mistake personally as a manager in the past is, is having more of a dictatorship style or expecting that people would drive the way I would drive things. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the major shift that I had in managing people has been in, in, in undoing what probably the prior person before me did. Mm -hmm. and, and that's allowing people to perform how they choose to perform. Mm -hmm. And I only measure results. No, yeah. I, I love that. Let me just stop you for a second. I, I don't know if you and I talked about this or not. I know the viewers know that I um, is, am, am also obsessed with a tool called Predictive Index, which is about the behavioral side, the motivations to drive exactly to what it is that you're just speaking of. Um, what have you done or what do you do specifically? Because you talked about undoing, you know, the past management style or optimizing on the talent that is around you. What are some things that you do now systematically now that you've learned that? Is it one-on-ones? Is it how you do feedback? Give us a little bit more of your tips and style. Um, it, it depends on, thank you, Shelly. Uh, that's a great question. I, I would, I would say it depends on how long someone has been in a role okay. and how long they have been in a specific role. So before it's kind of like going on a job interview. So I look at every candidate individually. So I say, you know, how much does this person have experience in X area? That tells me their level of expertise or what I would assume their level of expertise would be. And, okay. and this could be a long conversation. I'll try to keep it short, but and then what I do is allow them to tell me how they how they perform in those functions. You know, if if you're you were you've been in sales for ten years, right? And let's just say you were working with five six different managers. Most people try to adapt styles depending on manager. So yeah. usually when I get them, I ask them to take two weeks and just forget all of it. And I ask them to sit back and say to themselves, "You've been doing this for ten years. Look." what has really worked for you? How did you drive those sales? And I, and then we meet again 
And then I go through how they've done things, you know, and I think that that's crucial to understand when someone, you've had someone seasoned, they have all this experience. It's, to me, it's foolish to minimize someone's experience. I love that. So I'm going to have you talk about the newbie in a second, but for, again, for the viewers, what I heard you articulate was building rapport and trust up front without making assumptions and about having them tap into their institutional knowledge and having them self uh, reflect and then come back and say, this is what I want to do. This is what's worked. This is our game plan. And then I'm assuming behind that, that's when your accountability comes in to go, okay, that's a good plan. Let's do this. Let's move forward. And here's our agreed upon, I call it an upfront agreement or contract. Did I, did I capture that right? Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Um, It's a good framework, uh, especially for, I believe, seasoned employees. A lot of, a lot of businesses when I, when I, you know, for my business lending, when I go and I go out and see my clients, a lot of their challenges are usually around seasoned employees when they've hired someone that's done a specific job a certain way for a long time mm-hmm. or they've acquired a team yeah and and they're assuming they're going to do things their way yeah and, and they can you know i think that our role when we get to a certain role where we're managing people we have to understand that we're really just managing aspects in the if I, you, this is how i describe it you know, like a really popular YouTube video, and then it has those little blips where mm-hmm. it has like, this is where the commercial come on. I'm the commercial in, in anyone I manage. I, I really just show up to manage and uh, monitor progress and see how things are going for them. If they have a bottleneck, my role is to help them walk through that or help remove that. Um, my role is not to tell them how to do every single thing in every part of their day or micromanage their process and their day. Love that. I love that. So how do you, what's different about that approach when it's somebody who's new to um, either to the firm, to the industry, to the role, to your team? How do you, and they don't have that tenure of seasonality and institutional knowledge. What's different about it? Well, I think that um, I, when someone's new to their role, I, I take a similar approach to someone who's seasoned um, in a couple of different ways. So the first thing I look and look for them from them is to establish what their personality is like. Okay. You know, and what has their prior work experience been? So if I'm, I'll give them what they're assigned what they're here for because we have to do that you know in general we've typically hired them for a job because we believe they can accomplish this Mm -hmm. and then I test to see how they feel about their ability to deliver in these areas and so what I have them do is a very similar process I take them through about two weeks where they're just observing the environment that they're in okay and um, when they're doing that I ask them to pay attention to the things that they naturally gravitate to and make notes of those things you know so if if you're naturally good at talking to people let's just let's play on that let's just say you were doing sales so I don't necessarily want you to sell anything I just want you to practice talking to people Mm -hmm. you know if you met me on the street what would that conversation sound like I just you know just natural conversation I think we have a lot of times a miss in that space because we're looking for people to come in already ready and know exactly what we want and how do we sell and and they don't and getting them comfortable 
um, in having a conversation in their own way, not my way, in their own way, yeah. that, that's a key piece in them, A, learning who they are. Yeah. And how do I function in this environment now? You know, yeah. it's like, it's just taking things a lot slower and guiding them through the process. And yeah, I, I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. What, again, what I heard you articulate was, um, I heard you say, you know, the self-awareness piece. I heard you to say, keep it simple. I heard you to say, you know, be who you are. And, you know, there's a misnomer out there about selling or salesy or being a salesperson. And, and I'm curious if you lean into this or, or not, but it's really, you're not selling. You're having a conversation. You're trying to figure out if there's a fit or not. You're listening with not the intention to reply, but it, 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 you're listening to understand. You're seeking to understand and then connecting the, the resources, which hopefully the resources are obviously Fulton Bank. But is that spot on? Do you have that conversation that it's not really selling or, or, or not? No, it's spot on. Um, you know, when we're looking at when it, when it, we're somebody said this to me and, and it resonated with me for a long time. It said, "Meet people where they are." Yeah. You know, um, I mean, and we can think of those situations. And I look at it like, you know, one of the things that I feel has made me successful in business has been the ability to just do that, just have a candid conversation with someone, figure out where are they and and what are they looking from me and how can I add value to them. Yeah. So I don't want to, I don't think about a product. I don't think about a sale and I don't want my team to think of that because that's going to come. They're here because we're a bank. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They we're, have we're a, a basic understanding. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like a lot of times, you know, I think people overthink this and, yeah. um, and they over, over coach. Cause I think that word is used a lot. They over coach. They yeah. over set high expectations for someone to just starting out you know, um, and a lot of pressure in like sales and it's like the acronyms and all the different terminology we use in sales, you know, everybody knows, Oh, I, Oh, have good listening skills, 80, 20 rules. Everybody knows the, the terminology. The thing about it is application, you know, and I like to watch people in application and I feel like that's where I can give them their best feedback when they come to the table and they say, you know what? I had a really uncomfortable time trying to do x and yeah. i go okay now we have something we can grow from here yeah you can dig uh, into it and get yeah. to the the objective piece yeah makes sense all right well let's change it up a little bit talk to me about sitting with other leaders um inside of fulton bank sitting with other leaders when you are um uh at a a chamber event which uh I caught the tail end of your chamber event yesterday, by the way, so I couldn't find the whole gig piece, but that was, that was truly amazing. Um, but talk to me about, from a culture standpoint, maybe some amazing things that happen inside of Fulton Bank, maybe some amazing things that you've seen uh, with some of the clients that you serve. Let's talk about it from a culture standpoint, any leadership, maybe responsibility, however you want to answer or twist that. Well, um, the, uh, I work for an organization that a couple of years ago went through a culture training and, um, the way they had done a culture training was quite remarkable. You know, we went from everyone from our senior leadership CEO went through the exact same training as someone on the teller line, as someone that does our processing frontline front office and back office. And, um, and the culture 
was around uh, self-awareness, really. I felt like I was in a, in a program that was catered for me personally, you know. Um, some of the, it was a, it's a Sendelaney, um training program. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that really stick out for me is a couple different concepts. And, and that's being curious, you know. Okay. And so I think about that you know, as a woman, you know, in a leadership role as a woman in, when I go into any meeting, I use those concepts every day because I think to myself, how many times have I prejudged a person? Yes. You know, how many times have I sat there and was like, I'm not sure if I would talk to that guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and so every time I have that secret thought, because we all have them, I have a really good friend here and she always says, talks about secret thoughts which are the things that we have that we don't want to say out loud, you know? Yeah, which is why it's good that we only use 10% of our brain because if we ever figure out how to read each other's minds, oh, it's just going to be chaos. <laughs> I know, you know, and I, I personally struggle with uh, not saying everything I think, but uh, I'm, I'm learning from, from a lot of good women and women like yourself that can you know, uh, frame it and put it in a nice, pretty box. And sometimes I get myself in trouble. But um, the senior leadership, and this is exactly, you know, you know, my point with as a woman is I'm, I'm what I would consider a strong woman. I'm a direct woman. Um, and I work for a company that A, promotes women and B from, I mean, I, you know, our CEO, we call him by name. And I go into meetings and they're like, oh, here comes Rose, you know, she's going to say something, <laughs> you know, but, you know, and they've learned to accept me and, and it hasn't been a challenge to adjust where I've worked in places before where they said, you know, you come across too strong, you know, you're very opinionated. And I'm like, well, you feel free to do the same, you know, we are all people. Yeah. And, and we are here to respect one another. And I think that for women, that's the shift that I see coming to market now. Yeah, I actually, I love that. I was just in a conversation actually with Elizabeth, um, my partner, uh, about is it wrong being direct? And the answer is it's not wrong to be direct. And, uh, you know, we're leaning into this, this changing of the guards or this equality of more women in leadership. And I've never uh, had a conversation um, with a man about his directness inherently, um, but I have had that conversation in the past with a woman. And, you know, now I feel really bad about that in my younger days doing that because I, I became a part of the problem, but it's not about being direct for any of us. It's our approach and our delivery and our respectfulness in our comments, our ideas, our thoughts, our conflicts, of our, our, our disagreements, that really makes the difference between somebody who is strong and confident and resilient, regardless of man, woman, or, or what have you. So I, I, I think that um, every individual should be honest and transparent and direct with courtesy. You still have to be kind. And yeah. I think people get, there's a misnomer and there's an unjust that a direct woman, that that's negative and it should not, it should not be negative. And you just said something and I, I, I don't even want to try to paraphrase it, but you, you said something about that you can be that too. When, if somebody says, gosh, you're direct. And what is it that you said? Cause you said it when we met too. 
Do you remember what it is you said? Uh, I say it was what? something about you can you can do it too, or you welcome that too, or something. To oh, that oh, uh, being direct, you know. Um, so I had and this was a funny story, and it was with one of my coworkers here, mm -hmm. and um, and she got you know I open I know I open myself up to a lot of feedback that most people are probably like okay like you don't have to be that honest with me but i i welcome it because i try to be very honest with the people that i'm around mm -hmm. and so this lady we were having a banter of sorts and she goes gosh rose you always think you're right i just hate the fact that every time i talk to you she's like and we get into an argument i, I always feel like you're right and i was like see what you said there you always feel like i'm right you too can have just as strong of an opinion you know, and I think that that's the power that we have, you know, yeah. um, it, it's that, you know, just because I know I'm loud, I'm Albanian. I come from a third world country. I finally learned how to speak English. I speak it loudly, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you, you know, no, I, 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 I love that. And I appreciate that so much. And where everybody gets confused is they get confused that when I have an opinion that my, I, I'm passionate and I do get louder and I do get the, the, the trick is to turn your passion into facts, into yeah. um, get the subjective out of it and make it objective because yeah. then you're coming at people with the literal, the facts, the right. resource, the, the reality, how, however you want to, however you want to face that. So it doesn't come across as this emotional outburst. Right. It right. comes across with, this is my opinion. This is why. And then I welcome anybody yeah. who has a difference of opinion or they have facts that they haven't seen or, you know, statistics, right. research, you know, whatever. And again, I think that's where, um, we get a little misguided of, again, of whether we're a man or a woman or what have yeah. you. Um, we all get emotion and the emotional and the emotions come out in different ways. And as women, we have got to learn to tap that and, and subdue the passion and bring the, it, the intellectual into the right. conversation. And right. this is not an emotional stance I'm taking. I'm doing right. it because of X, Y, Z. I actually write something. And I think that that's where we usually get into a battle. So I don't know the next Netflix series that's out. I have no clue what's out there. I read a lot. I, I listen to a lot of books on my road. If I listen to music, sometimes I feel guilty because I feel like I should be learning. So <laughs> oftentimes when people have an argument with me, mm -hmm. I've probably read, I mean, I'm weird. I, I read about soil. I, you know, anything that interests me, I will look it up and read about it. So when people get into like a bizarre argument with me, I'm, I probably have like a reference point, you know? And so they're like, what in the world? Like, you don't know everything. And I'm like, I don't, but like, I, I, I tell you what, like last week I, I read a thing on this. I'm not sure how legitimate it is, but here's my two cents, you know? No, and, I like that. But see, you did it with a reference point. And yeah, that, absolutely. You, you know? have to. That's, that's how we make a stance. I feel like, you know, it, I don't think there is an issue with us as women when we're, I think, having our emotions is part of who, what makes us who we are. It is. I think that there is appropriate times and places for different things. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the reasons why I started RWCA was to create a collective of resources for women, just because, I mean, I talk to women that tell me they don't get along with other women. 
you know, yeah. which blows my mind away. Yeah. I mean, but I've had, I've had situations also, you know, where I'm like, kind of get it at times, you know, yeah. it's, you know, where we're trying. And I think that a lot of it has to do with self-actualization. Mm. This can probably go with long topics, but here's my, here's my overall analysis on this. I think that as women, we have had an identity that we have assigned to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when we meet or we, because we're aware, you know, um, we see the world, we see that skinny girl on Instagram with, you know, everything and she looks perfect. And then we see the businesswoman, and then, um, maybe I'm down on myself about certain things. And then I allow those emotions, the things that, the things that, Typically, I wouldn't say out loud. I allow that to create disagreements with other people just because of the preconceived things that I've either said to myself about myself. And mm -hmm. I've decided before I even met a person just by the way that they look or carry themselves that we're probably not going to be friends. And, and a lot of times, and you can sense that with people. You can sense where someone's like, you know, brushes you off. I've had people, you know, I've said things because I'm a, I like to laugh. I say all kinds of weird stuff in a random notice. Yeah. So, you know, I've had people, you know, roll their eyes at me before. And, you know, I just laugh it off. I'm like, you know, it's okay. You don't have to laugh at everything I laugh. I do it for me so I can laugh, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they're like, you're bizarre. But yeah. again, I think it's an identity shift. I think that when we have not, when we, the things that we have assigned to ourselves, we have not met our identity if that makes any sense it totally makes not sense. Met that woman and and yeah. we have all these insecurities and all people have insecurities not just women yeah but women play a different role in culture and we've grown but we've also you know and we know the history of women so we can go into that but in terms of self-actualization when when the woman we want to be is not that woman today and when we feel inferior to other women, we take negative action, in my opinion. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's in a meeting. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's in a workplace where we cause chaos mm -hmm. instead of resolving it directly with a person. I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many times I've had to resolve conflict because two people just didn't want to talk to one another. Yeah. Well, it's fences and barriers that go up. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think unintentionally, but the, it just, it becomes this wall that we put up in order to guard ourselves. And then we react in, you know, an XYZ manner of either the shutdown or the put off or the, the argument or, you know, what have you. But I, I love that self-actualization because it, it definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm running through my mind of different things that I say about myself. Um, that you people think that I'm sometimes unapproachable. I've been told that throughout my career because I do walk with confidence, but it, if they only knew what I was thinking and the yeah. self-doubt inside of my head that was creating whatever this outward, you know, exterior. So I, I love that. I think we could keep, keep going on about that, but we're, we're going to put a wrap on today's piece. Um, I think hopefully the viewers that have watching this and people who already know you know that you're passionate um, and that you are a strong woman. And like I said, I, I definitely have deemed you under one of my favorite hashtags of a woman to watch <laughs> because Rose is definitely um, a woman. You're to awesome watch. for doing that. No. I, I felt so humbled. I was like, man, I, I, now, you know, now I have to deliver. This is how hey, I feel. Like, you it's know, it's out there. It's stuff out there. Is out. Stuff is out. I have to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. So I, I love that you shared. I heard you talk about, um, you know, I liked the leadership style that 
don't make assumptions with what people know or don't know. Um, let them reflect and bring um, their power um, yeah. and their strengths to the table of where they think it's right. Because I think the more people get to run in their lane, uh, the more passionate and confidence we come out. We're able to execute to our goals. So I love that you do that and how you how you phrase it. I'm just looking at some notes. And then you you bring it back to a conversation and you build the trust and you have the agreement of what success looks like and how to get there. I love that connotation you talked about with your the commercial. Just like that. And so now when I see those things on videos, I'm like, oh, there's Rose. Uh, popping up. I always say the little Shelly on somebody's shoulder. If there's whispering, that's me whispering to you. So now you can, you can be pop up. Yeah. Um, and then um, now I don't even want to, oh, oh, focusing on and, and I think having the triggers of the self-actualization. I loved how you talked about that and, and brought that through because um, it creates biases that uh, for us internally, as well as the external, you know, piece for that. So I am going to put on here, as people are seeing this, the different ways that they can contact you for the Real Woman Collective Action, Thank which um, I'm sure you will have a big announcement when in, whenever you're ready for that, from needing additional sponsors and help and registration, because um, I know you're kicking that off in, in Hampton Roads. Um, and of course, how they can uh, contact you and become uh, a, um, uh, one of your clients for Fulton Bank as well. So I'm gonna put that stuff down there, but what are some final thoughts, tips, tidbits, passing words about culture, about your uh, uh, Fulton Bank role, about leadership, about your nonprofit? How, how would you like to close your segment here today? Well, first, I, I, I would like to say uh, thank you for taking me on. And, and most importantly, I think that if, if anybody's watching this, what you get out of this is that Here's a woman who's supporting another woman, and um, and, and you saw the mission. And, and one of the things that you did very quickly was you were free to give me feedback, and which is the best thing I could have. So if you're listening and you're in a point in your career where you might not be happy, I would ask that you find someone that gives you candid feedback, not nice feedback, just candid feedback. Um, sometimes it, you people that are not mean to you about it. You know that's what I would say. Find that one person or two people or whoever you have in your life that's just honest enough with you to tell you the truth mm -hmm. so that you can learn your lesson and, and move on mm -hmm. and do what you're here to do. And so to women like you, uh, Shelly, thank you so much a, for giving me the time and for allowing me to represent the bank that I work for that has done such a true, you know, that's done so much for me in my life and for my family. And, um, and I'm so excited for RWCA and the things that we're going to do. And for all the things and the feedback that you've given me, I truly, truly appreciate you. And the world needs more women like you. Ah, oh, thank you so much. No, you're the woman to watch. So yeah, <laughs> you are, you are the future. You are the future. And I love that. So, all right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in today. Um, we've got some great guests coming up and um, Elizabeth just got back from an amazing conference. So we're going to pick her her two cents around uh, automation and what's happening, not only in the HR world, but uh, the entire world. And, and it's things that we shouldn't be afraid of. There's some fun and exciting things that are happening with AI. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things that you heard Rose talk about today is that continued education piece. If you are not listening to podcasts that are in your zone or things that are curious about, if you are not reading books, if you're not talking to people who help you level up and help you get comfortable with the uncomfortable, wow, I challenge you that maybe you're not living your best life. 
um, because I think knowledge is power in conversations and relationships. And um, I just think that to do that, we, we need to be able to, to level up and we can level up through the resources and the abundance of information that's, that's out there. So uh, share your knowledge with others. I like she talked about the mentorship as well, but if you're curious more about how to get a culture inquiry uh, completed in your organization, of course, you can look me up. If you're curious about the Culture Curators membership, uh, Culture Curators in Conversation membership that have, provides a ton of resources, uh, then by all means, look me up. If you are curious and want to be on the show or you have comments or questions, by all means, and definitely grab the white paper. Um, I'll put the link on there again for the website, but grab the free white paper. It's a quick download. Um, I think you'll find some great information. It is a white paper. Of course, personalities don't come out in white paper. It's data driven, but until next time, I'm going to sign off for Elizabeth Valise and myself, Shelly Smith, the proud owner of uh, Premier Rapport. I'm all about workplace culture because culture matters. Until then, have a great day, everybody. the wrong button. Thank you for joining me and another guest for the Culture Hour. If you want to go back to past episodes, make sure you follow the podcast on any of your favorite apps and devices. If you're looking for a daily dose, a little short snippet, then all you need to do is hop over to the other podcast called Your Morning Commute. Thank you again for tuning in. If you're looking for questions, other speakers, more topics, by all means, reach out. Shelly at PremierReport.com. Remember, culture isn't built in a day. Culture is built every day. Are you spending your money and your time and energy on repairs? Or are you spending your time and your energy defining and maintaining? Be safe out there.